I get up on a chair and I scream out loud with my finger dangling and bleeding. And I say the most powerful words, Am Yisrael Chai, the nation of Israel is alive. Welcome back to episode six, surviving the mass shooting at Chabad Poway on April 27, 2019. In the previous episode, I shared with you the press conference that occurred the day after the shooting. After the press conference, I make my way back home. On my way back home, there was a wave of people who just parted away. And from both sides, people were just hugging and tears were being shed. The emotions was just so overwhelming. And I was all bandaged up and um, my mind hadn't had time to process what all has happened last 24 hours. When I got back home, all of a sudden I noticed how my house became a media hub. The various TV networks have already arrived. You're talking about CNN, NBC, ABC, Fox, etc. And they all wanted more. They all wanted to hear my words. They wanted to hear firsthand of how this mass shooting affected me personally, our community, our congregation, and how are we dealing with the loss of Lori Kay. It was overwhelming. As I am in my house, my young brother, Zalman, comes over to me and he says, um, the White House is on the phone. The president wants to talk to you. Now, my youngest brother is a jokester, and I really thought that he's just trying to cheer me up. And I really didn't think that this was it. I assumed that it's one of my other siblings or a close friend, a colleague wants to talk to me and he just made believe, you know, it's the president calling you. Yeah, right. And uh, I sat on the couch, you know, it's one of those moments that you remember till today. And uh, I take his phone and he says, hello, is this Rabbi Yisrael Goldstein? I said, yes, this is the White House. I says, okay. He says, the president of the United States would like to talk with you. I still wasn't sure if this was a prank or if this was real. And then all of a sudden, I hear the president's voice. And the president introduces himself and shares with me his sympathy, his condolences to what happened. Mr. President, when you called me, I was at home weeping. You were the first person who began my healing. You heal people in the worst of times, and I'm so grateful for that. And then he goes on to say that you know how much I love the Jewish people and Israel. He says, you know, my son-in-law is Jewish, my grandchildren is Jewish, my daughter is Jewish, 
and he went on to have a conversation with me. And then he asked me, what do you think we could do to stop the anti-Semitism that's happening? What can we do? Many have asked me, Rabbi, where do we go from here? How do we prevent this? And I, my response is what my Rebbe told me when President Ronald Reagan was shot. The Rebbe said, we need to go back to the basics and introduce a moment of silence in all public schools so that children from early childhood on could recognize that there's more good to the world, that they are valuable, that there is accountability, and every human being is created in God's image. So I was totally not prepared to talk to the president of the free world, that the president of the United States of America, who has so much going on in his life, would pause and take the moment to call me. It, it was overwhelming. And we began having a lengthy conversation. A few days later, when I met him at the White House, he actually said that when he called me, he thought it was going to be a five-minute call. It ended up being like 20, 30 minutes. And our conversation just began opening up, discussing about the important changes that has to happen in America for America to get their soul back. And I began formulating a response to what concrete action can the President of the United States of America take to make a difference. And what came to my mind was what my Rebbe, the Grand Jewish Rabbi, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, in the 80s, after President Ronald Reagan had an assassination attempt that was shot. And the Rebbe launched a campaign as a moment of silence should be observed at all public schools as a way to begin educating the next generation. After we pull prayer from school and any mention of God in school, in all public schools, the Rebbe sought to reintroduce a concept of a moment of silence. Let every child begin their day with a moment of silence. That moment of silence would have such an amazing effect on the children themselves because something that we don't do, we just don't remain silent, especially children. Kids don't remain silent ever. And here we're telling them a moment of silence. And with that moment of silence, they are to think who they are, why are they on this world? What is their mission on this world? And also to begin processing the concept that there is a God who created this world, a God who sees and hears everything. And then the child will come home 
and begin inquiring with their parents of what is who's God, what's God, and then it becomes a family event. So this is what I mentioned to the president, that we need to bring back to the public schools a moment of silence. I also spoke about the concept of recognizing how light pushes away darkness. That when something dark like this happens, we have to come back with a powerful light that's going to push away this darkness. And, you know, I also expressed my gratitude to the president for his commitment and support of Israel. There's no other president that preceded him that has done so much for Israel and the Jewish people. And, uh, and I was very grateful for that because he just moved the embassy to Jerusalem, the ultimate capital of Israel, and sharing with him a words of gratitude, of appreciation of the phone call. And, I'm, and I said to him, for the, for the President of the United States of America to take time of his day to call me, to share with me sympathy, empathy, and condolences for the loss of our dear Lori Lynn Gilbert Kay was so much appreciated. It was such a healing. And, and then when I finished the conversation, I said, Mr. President, I hope I can meet you in person one day. And that's how we finished a phone call. It was an overwhelming experience. Never in my life have I ever thought that I would come close to the White House. I've never been to Washington. I have never um, spoken to any politician and, uh, and not the President of the United States of America. So that was overwhelming. And then my brother began orchestrating and choreographing a, a systematic uh, interviews with the various networks. Chabad.org, which is the media um, presence of the whole Chabad organization, sent a representative down who was there as well, working with the media and uh, making sure that we're getting the coverage that we need and the appropriate coverages, etc. And I found myself sitting in front of cameras with lights and no script. No one is telling me what to say. And I'm just, just saying it, just coming out from my heart, from my soul, from my mind. You're talking about raw, organic emotions and insights and years and years of studying, of learning Torah comes into a second nature of a natural reflex of the words that will come out of me. One of the notable interviews, which really meant a lot, which I didn't understand or appreciate, because I'm not much of a, uh, of a news buff who watches TV, and my brother says, you know, there is CNN it has an interview in 10 minutes, so please be ready for it. And I said, okay. And then there's the interviewer was Anderson Cooper. I had no idea who Anderson Cooper was. So I just thought he's just another guy who I'm talking to. And he uh, asked me a, a question or so, and I began talking. And I'm realizing that I'm talking on CNN. This is going all over the world. 
and I spoke about the impressions of what it was like just 24 hours before to be standing in a synagogue, our haven, our home, our sanctuary, when a terrorist, a young, white-bred American 19-year-old terrorist, breaches our beautiful sanctuary with rapid gunfire, shooting and killing Mrs. Lori Kay on the spot, and then aiming at me and the kids that were behind me. And what possible sense can we make out of such a horrific, terrible event? Other than we need to realize that when there's darkness, we got to push it away with light. And pushing, all at it, pushing it away with light, meaning by doing random acts of kindness. To me, it's all about actions, not speech. Positive actions create light. Random acts of kindness and goodness, love, care, creates light and pushes away darkness. It's a war. There's a war out there. There's a war of darkness and a war of light. Our job is, your and my job is, to go out there and do random acts of kindness. Just create positivity in the world. That's the only way we're going to win this war. And I implore to anyone who's listening to me now, that a memory of Lori Lynn Gilbert K. to today do a random act of kindness. Start creating light in the world because a little bit of light will push away a lot of darkness. And if I remember correctly, I chose at the moment to say a prayer Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hero is Ulgara, God, God is one. For everyone to hear that and to appreciate and to realize that God Almighty is with us through the great times and through the most difficult times, and especially during these times. So after I spoke, it was kind of like a monologue. He hardly asked me any questions. After the interview was over, Anderson Cooper spoke to me offline says, Rabbi, I've done so many of these interviews. You move me to tears. And I don't get easily moved. And I said, thank you. Only later did people explain to me who Anderson Cooper was. <laughs> and, and the fact that I was able to move him to tears um, just talks volumes on the author of the pureness, of the rawness uh, of, of what I was going through during these 24 hours. I sat with another anchor who told me that he has interviewed every mass shooting since Columbine. And he says, never before has he come across of a survivor who's able to face the cameras and talk with a spirit, with courage, with a message of goodness and kindness, with a message of light? And he says, 
Where's that coming from? And behind me was a picture of my Rebbe, my Rabbi, Rabbi Schneerson. And I pointed to him. I said, that's where it comes from. I grew up practically on the lap of Rabbi Schneerson. And I was always thinking, how would he wish me to respond to this situation? And after spending so many years with him, it became second nature to me that my response at a time of the darkest disaster, terrorist attack, mass shooting, the slaughter that happened at our synagogue, my response has to be a response of resilience, a response of strength, a, a response of courage and optimism and to push forward and never look backward. Remember once the Rebbe, when he spoke about the Holocaust, he spoke about the concept that the Holocaust was the most devastating event that happened in all world history, not just to Jewish people, for the whole world. It's part of our history, but we shall not and cannot be stuck in the disaster, but rather we need to look forward and move forward and learn from it, but not get paralyzed, move off the spot of the tragedy and move forward. The interviews carried on throughout the afternoon. NBC, ABC, the Today Show, the Good Morning America, CNN, Arut Sheva from Israel. The media was all over this. And perhaps one of the reasons is because not always do you have someone survive a mass shooting facing the terrorists face to face, point blank, AR-15 in your eyes taking in four bullets. So it was an unusual event. What was also unusual was my ability to respond to the event the way I responded. It was a response with courage, with strength, with transformation of darkness to light. And that's how I spent the rest of the next day, Sunday, in getting prepared for the next day because Monday was going to be the funeral services and the memorial services for Mrs. Laurie Lynn Gilbert Kay. Sunday night, the community of San Diego gathered together for an outside vigil at a park nearby. Some four thousand people came to this vigil with holding candles. What was beautiful was it wasn't Jewish people. It was the whole community, the whole community of Rancho Bernardo, Paui, San Diego. They came together to stand in solidarity with us because the attack at our synagogue wasn't just an attack on us. It was an attack on all Americans, on all humanity. And we truly felt it. We felt the love and we felt the compassion, the empathy, the sympathy of our neighbors, of our friends, of total strangers. The mayor of Poway, Mr. Steve Voss, was extraordinarily. He came over to me and we actually have a picture that I will cherish the rest of my life. 
He's wearing a cowboy hat, and I'm wearing my keeper, and he gives me the tightest, strongest hug I ever got. The mayor, Steve Voss, was extraordinary in being there for us, and and in and, and an incredible commitment and dedication standing beside us. He too spoke with the president and spoke with the various politicians and realizing that his city, the city of Poway, has now been stricken with a terrorist attack, has now been added to the list of a victim of a mass shooting. During this time, during the vigil at the park, looking around me and feeling the love, feeling the compassion from total strangers, realizing that is the best of humanity. We saw the worst of humanity, and then we saw the best of humanity. And that is how we went through the next 24 hours after the shooting, feeling embraced and feeling cradled by unconditional love, which is, just was off the charts, which forever I and my family and the community will forever be grateful for the unconditional love and support that the community at large came together to show the solidarity with the Jewish people. Everyone realized that we were targeted for only one reason, because we were Jewish people. We were targeted for only one reason, because we belong to a Jewish nation that dates back 3,300 years. We are the smallest of all religions. We are the smallest in numbers, but yet we have been tortured. We have been displaced for generations and generations. And here it happened yet once again in 2019 on our beautiful land of the free United States of America. From the worst, we were able to see the best. In episode seven, I will share with you the funeral and memorial service that took place the very next day. God bless you. God loves you.